Welcome to the Springs Church Podcast, where we explore the teachings of Jesus Christ and how they can be applied to our daily lives. Join us as we delve into the Bible and discuss topics such as faith, hope, love, and forgiveness. Our mission is to inspire and empower our listeners to live a life of purpose and meaning and to deepen their relationship with God. Tune in every week for a new episode as we learn how Holy Spirit, the Bible, and a relationship with Jesus will impact every area of your life. God called David a man after his own heart. So I want to learn a thing or two from him. (laughs) And you know, what did he spend so much time talking about? Use your mouth to magnify the Lord. Use your mouth to praise him. As we sang, I speak Jesus, I speak Jesus, my heart just said, Lord, I don't want to speak any other name. If it was the only name that I breathed from this mouth, it's all the name I need because of what's found in that name, because of what he's achieved, what he's done, because of his great love, there is power in that name. We sang about it today, and I know you could feel it today during Praise the Lord. When you magnify the Lord, when you praise Him, when you dare to take your mind off all the things that want your attention, and you set them on, and you set your mind on the Lord, and you set your mouth on praising the one, the one and only, who lives and saved me, and not only saved me, but wants to show me how to really live in this life, that He's called you to really live. Religion won't teach you that. We don't teach religion here. (laughs) No, we teach Jesus. Amen. Amen. What a privilege to keep his name on our lips. What a beautiful savior. What a wonderful friend. And that he wants you to know him. He wants you to love him. He's loved you since the beginning of time. He set his love upon you even before the foundation of the world. God wanted a family. And it's not a family like we know down here on earth because we're limited. We're imperfect. We hurt each other even when we don't want to. We get, we get better at it with Jesus' help. <laughs> but, you know, you can't look to this earth to understand God. The word says that we know him spirit to spirit. Deep calls to deep. There's a depth to God. There's a love there for you. And, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago when I spoke, we, we were in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, where Paul was talking about the word of God and how he brought the word to the Thessalonians. And when he brought the word, they received it. They welcomed it. Not as words from men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which works effectively in those who believe, he said. And so I shared about the fact that you have the ability to receive so much in this life, good and bad. You can receive from the news, you can receive the garbage maybe coming out of your gossipy neighbor, (laughs) out of their mouth, you can receive... Whatever feeling hits you in the morning and decide that's just the way it's got to be, or you can receive the life, the bread of God, Jesus, his word. It's written for you. It's a love letter, and there's so much in it, 
and you can welcome it. You should welcome it because it's for you and not against you. It's with you. It's joy. It's peace. It's power. It's victory. And so we need to decide to receive the word by welcoming it. Welcoming the word more than anything we welcome in this life. More than my husband's opinion, more than the feeling that creeps up in the middle of the night when I'm trying to sleep and distracts me, more than fear, more than the things that pop up and try to tell you who you are, you have a decision what you will receive. You have a decision what you will live out, and that is such exciting news because it means you don't have to be what the world says that you need to be. It means you don't have to suffer and figure this out and feel lost because you can be found in Jesus Christ. And when you choose to be found in him, you find it's the home you always dreamed of. The home you only ever thought possible is found in your loving Savior. I don't want to back up from 1 Thessalonians 2 and jump to the first chapter, verses 4 to 5. Paul says, Dear brothers and sisters, you are dearly loved by God. I love that God explains his love in the word as you read it in the many different translations from Amplified to New King James to the Passion Translation to the Message. You can take one verse and unpack it through many translations and go, wow, God, you really love me. Not only does he love you, but he loves you dearly. You're precious. You're a treasure to him. It says, we know that he has chosen you to be his very own. Before the foundation of the world, he said, I love Eden. I love Joe. I love Martha. Nothing's going to change that. I've decided. I've set my love on this person. And he's chosen you to be his own. Will you choose to be found in him? Will you choose to belong to him? Because he loves you. It says, for our gospel came to you not merely in the form of words. This Bible, this word, it's not just a bunch of words, but in mighty power, infused with the Holy Spirit. Amen. That is good news. Because Jesus is a man. And when he ascended to heaven and he completed his work, he said, now hang on, guys. Don't do anything until the helper gets here. Jesus didn't start his ministry until Holy Spirit came upon him. So if Jesus needed Holy Spirit, <laughs> I think that's a lesson that we need him. <laughs> we need him in our lives. And Jesus said, you wait for this gift. God's sending him. He's a counselor. How many need some godly counsel in your life today? Me too, me included. <laughs> he wants to counsel you. He will teach you all things said it before, I'll say it again, God does not play hide and seek. God wants to be known by you in every piece of your body, mind, emotions, relationships. He wants to teach you all things, and he promises that the Holy Spirit, his only ability is to lead you in truth. He's not capable of leading you anywhere else. It's who he is. It's what he does. He leads you and guides you into all truth. He comforts you. How many need a good, good comforting hug, a good comforting word? Holy Spirit is the greatest comforter. He's your teacher. 
He's your guide and he can be your best friend. It says that this word of God, this Bible, it's important that we understand what it is we're reading. It's important why we read the word and to know what the word is. How do we learn that? Through the word. (laughs) The word says it's not just words. So don't take it as just words. If you want to actually welcome the word of God in your life and see it make the impact that God intended it to in your life, you must know this is power. When I hear the word, I listen. I shut off everything else and I choose, I'm going to welcome this word. I'm going to receive this word. I'm going to walk in this word because not only is it just words, it's mighty power infused with the Holy Spirit. You know, I love the analogy. I think I've heard dad say it before, but you know, when you steep that tea bag in hot water, you ain't separating the tea from the water later. When you get, when that bag gets infused with water, there's no defusing it. I don't even know if that's a word, but (laughs) when you invite God into your life, Holy Spirit comes into your spirit, the word says. And that old man, that old you, those struggles, that selfish ambition, that, that you trying to do it in your own strength, and it dies with Jesus at the cross. And you become a new creation because of his spirit, because you welcomed the word. Faith comes by hearing the word. And when you heard the word, faith ignited in you. And you chose Jesus. And Holy Spirit was with you and always will be always will be with you. That is the promise. There are so many incredible promises in the Word of God. And I want to challenge you today, church, that you should always come expecting when it comes to Father God. When you come on a Sunday, don't come to just warm the seat or see your friend. God wants to take care of things here. God wants to show you His goodness God is present in the company of his people. And what takes place here among us when we lift our hands, when we dance, when we sing, when we shout for him, man, our heart, our mind can't help but remove all the distractions and be reminded, this is my God. This is who I serve. Amen. You come expecting. Why? Because he promised because he fulfilled that promise in Jesus. And so there's nothing you need to do to earn it or behave or to figure things out. You have nothing you need to figure out. God figured it all out for us. How beautiful is that? I read this word and I go, well, thank goodness I don't need to figure out how to make a relationship work. This word will tell me. If I do it, if I receive it, Eden, don't you let grumbling and complaining come out that mouth of yours. Eden, don't you gossip against your neighbor. Don't you curse those. You use your mouth to bless, the word says. And no, it's not always easy. No, it's not always what I want to do. But I believe this is the word of life. This is truth. This is the best way to live my life because God promised it, because Jesus died for me. And in that promise means I should expect I should expect God to be good in my life. I should expect him to be faithful. I should expect to know the love and grace and joy. I think a lot of Christians have turned their expectors off. 
And <laughs> you need to get back to expecting because the word says that you won't enter the kingdom unless you have childlike faith, which is great because it's the simplest of faith. <laughs> you know, my children always expect good things from me. <laughs> what is it about kids, right? Like, I just gave you a snack like 10 minutes ago, and they always come back to you expecting something good. Childlike faith. In a loving home, they always come expecting, okay, what's going to happen next? And they're excited about today. They're, are we going to go to our friend's house? Are we going to go to a playground? Is it church today? There, there's this expectation inside of them. And what mom says can light something in them and go, oh, mom said we're going to go into our friend's house or we're doing this. And that's how God's words should light a fire in you because he is your father. And when you read the word, amen. When you read the word, you receive the word. And no matter what this world tells you, because this world, the enemy, the God of this world, they can't promise you nothing. <laughs> They haven't promised you. They haven't done anything for you. So why are you letting them discourage you? Or why are you letting the things you see determine what you believe? The word says we don't walk by what we see. We walk by what we believe and who we believe in. It's not that, amen. It's not that we just have faith. It's that we have faith in Jesus the one and only, the one who saves, the one who heals, the one who took care of it all. Jesus died to give you life. And this isn't a mamby-pamby, weak, get-by kind of life. Religion would like you to be, I don't know, crawling on your belly and begging for scraps. and It doesn't paint a pretty picture. But Jesus <laughs> said, I came to give you life and life more abundant overflowing. And it's very clear that he's called us to live a life of power. This word is mighty power infused with the Holy Spirit. And where does Holy Spirit live as a believer? In your spirit. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The same spirit that spoke this physical world into existence. Un unlimited source not just like, oh, Eden gets a little dose and Debbie gets a little dose and we all get a little peace. He is, he's omnipresent, he's omniscient, he's omnipotent, he is, he's amazing. And who he is is within us and you are called as a believer to live a life of power. His power in you, working through you, touching the people around you. How do I know? Jesus said, you'll do greater things than I did. What? Man, we should get our expectors turned up real high. I don't want to live this life and get to heaven and realize, well, Eden, you could have helped this person and you could have done that and you could have taken care of this problem that you decided to suck your thumb and just tell your neighbor about and complain about all day. I gave you resources. I gave you provision. I gave you power. I gave you authority, Eden. How come you didn't use it? <laughs> I don't want that for me or for this church. <laughs> I want people who rise up knowing who their God is, declaring who he is, deciding to not stay silent, to not be ashamed, because why would we be ashamed? This is the best news ever. This is life. This is freedom. This is peace if you want it to be in your life. But you decide. You decide what you receive. You decide what you welcome. You decide if you welcome frustration into your home. You're powerful. 
God has given you the ability to create. God has given you the ability. It's incredible, even just the weight of our words in a relationship. I know you've all seen it. When you say something that just, oh, I just really want to say this, but I know it's bad, and you do it, and you see the ramifications of what, what doing something just to make you feel good feels like doesn't feel so good. And when you trust God and you speak blessing and you forgive quickly and you give us, it says a soft answer turns away wrath. When you just dare to just shut up that mind, that selfish ambition, the word says that, that I've been crucified with Christ. Quit digging up that old you with the stinking hab- habits, with the, with the thinking of me, 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 because you were never designed to do life on your own. And when you try, you will always end up so pitiful and lacking because you were called to be filled with his spirit. You're this incredible vessel. You're his child. You're made in God's image. And you were made to be with him. And when you discover him and you realize all that he's given you, when you know I'm called to a life of power and every morning you wake up and say, I will not live powerless. And you make that decision. I will praise Jesus even when I feel like it and even when I don't. Even when I'm surrounded, even when I'm, a, when I'm feeling alone. I'm not alone. For the Lord, my God, is with me always. And you encourage yourself and you receive that word. And you choose whether you're going to live a life of power through Jesus, through his spirit, or whether you're just going to be like everybody else. <laughs> I don't want to be like everybody else. I want to be who God made me to be. I want to rise up into the things that he's planned for me because his word says his plans for me are to prosper me, not to harm me, to give me a hope, to give me a future. I should expect that, right? I should expect that. You should expect that. Faith needs that expectation. And so we're going to jump to Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor. He's an unlimited God. Until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and his explosive power. When he fills you, when he floods your being, when you choose him, he comes to make a home within you. As Corinthians says, do you not know that you are the temple of God? That he's made his home in you if you've decided to follow Jesus? And yet we live our life so, you know, by our mind, by our body, when we were called to live by the spirit because who we are is spirit first not body, not mind, but because we live on this physical earth, we get pulled into, well, this is what reality is. Meanwhile, God's like, goodness, I created this reality with my words. <laughs> what our goal as a believer is that the spiritual world should be more real to us than even what we see in the physical world. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> That's why the word says you set your mind on the spirit, not on the flesh. You set your mind 
on God, on who he is, on, on what he says about you, about Jesus. The reason why the word is so important is because it's truth, because it's power, because it's life, because it teaches you, it guides you, it empowers you, it fills you to overflowing into your innermost being, supernatural strength. You need that. You need that each and every day. If you are going to live out the life that God's called you to, you need his word infusing you with that supernatural strength. But what have you been feeding on? Your, your spirit needs that strength, needs that food, needs that nourishment. In order to be in first place, in order to tell your body who's in command, in order to tell your mind, mind, I don't care what thought pops in. I take every thought captive and I bring it to the word and I find out, what does God say I should think about this area of my life? What does God say about health? What does God say about death? What does God say about heaven and eternity? And am I willing to get out of my wanting to be right? And well, this is the way I see it. Man, if you want to live a life full of his power, you don't care about how you see it. I don't care how I've come to see it. I don't care what I think is right. I just want to know the way God sees it. And I'll change the way I see it, even if it takes a little time, even if I got to work on it a bit to change these belief systems that I've adopted through my life or whatever. I don't want to believe the lie. I want to believe the truth. And so it does take effort on your part in realizing, wow, the way I've been speaking to my spouse is not so loving. <laughs> and the Bible says to do everything in love. All right. How, how would I do that? Next time I go to speak, I'm just, Lord, help me. He's your helper. Ask him for help. It's not in your own strength, not in your own power, but by his spirit. And the more you recognize him and you call on him in everything, he wants to set you free in every area. And he's the only one who can do it. And it's his power working in you. It says that until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power, then by constantly using your faith, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. You know, this moment when we come to know Jesus, the Bible says you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, I believe Jesus loves me. I believe he died for me. I want to follow him. That's it. There's not some weird formula. Just believe it in your heart and invite him to be in your life. It's a moment of faith. It's a, it's a leap. It's a trust. It's a, wow, he did that for me? How could I not follow him? How could I not? <laughs> How could I not? And in that moment, I believe a lot of Christians just stop right there. When what does our Bible say? Our faith needs to be constantly used. And so our faith in Jesus needs to be used in our mind, in our marriage, in our parenting, in our job, in how we speak to people. I go to the word and I look at what he calls me to be, who he made me to be, and I realize this is better than anything I could come up with on my own. And I want to see it fulfilled in my life. And so I need to constantly use my faith Faith in Jesus, faith in what he's done, faith in who he says he is, so I act like I believe it. I walk like I believe Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I believe he calls me to love, he calls me to forgive. And as I walk in the word, as I act on my faith, because faith without works is dead, faith without action is not faith at all. 
Faith means movement. Faith means journeying with God. And as I apply that to every area of my life, I find that he's working in me, that his, his, his very life is released deep inside of me. So I would challenge you that if you haven't been sensing that deep life inside of you, when's the last time you used your faith? When's the last time you took God at his word and you applied it to your marriage and you applied that word to your emotions? You applied that word to your health. The word says to resist the enemy. Are we resisting sickness? Are we resisting strife? Are we resisting gossip and cursing? Because it feels good when you do the word. It might not always be easy and not everyone might understand, but no one needs to understand. (laughs) I don't need somebody else to get it. As long as I get it, God gets me and I hold his hand and he guides me through life. Thank you, Jesus. It says, then the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. This life is a life of love. How could you not love? When you receive God, the word says he is love. So what you're doing, everything comes out of love. That's why he can say, do everything in love, Eden. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't point out wrongs. Man, I got to say sorry to my husband in some situations, (laughs) right? All of us. We need to learn to bite our tongue a heck of a lot more and just say, I love you. What do you need? And find ways to just let God be God in our life. His His love is a resting place. How beautiful is that? Our relationship with him, what he calls us to, is a rest the Bible talks about. And his love is the source. His love is what we root ourselves in. Not in performance, not in trying to be perfect for him. We just rest in knowing I am loved by God and I want to follow him. I want to trust him. I want to learn his ways because my ways fall so short. And what I think I can do without him Man, when I've given something to him, I've committed a way to him, he always blows me away. But it takes me relying on him, not leaning on my own understanding, being willing to say, hey, I get it wrong sometimes. That's not the worst confession in the world, people. Like, we all get it wrong. I'm happy to get it wrong if God's the one getting it right. (laughs) I want God to be right in my life. I want to align my thoughts and my beliefs with him. So his love is your resting place. His love is your source. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ. It just gets gooder, people. (laughs) The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. His love meets you at your deepest need. It's intimate. It's safe. You can be vulnerable with him. You can open up the darkest places that you thought no one could help you with. Oh man, he's going to help you. (laughs) If you call on him, he wants to counsel you. He wants to help you. He wants to heal you. He wants to restore you. Perfect wholeness. I don't get excited about scars. I'm not, I'm, I'm not meant to live a life of scars. I'm meant to live a life of wholeness, of restoration. 
I'm not defined by what I went through, but God can be good. I can see God's goodness in the things I go through, but I don't praise what I went through. I praise the one who gave me a way to get through it and to learn victory and to learn wisdom and to know how to take better steps in the future if it's something that I can change. Not everything we walk through we can change, but there are many things that our mouth our thoughts, our feelings, if we let our unrenewed mind get in the way, leads us into trouble. If God's the one to lead us into life, then anyone and anything else does not lead you to life. Not even your own thoughts, your own trying to figure it out. That's why he says, don't lean on your own understanding because you won't get it, Eden. Lean on my understanding. Lean on what I say and trust me and you'll see that you don't need to take the stress of this. You don't need to carry it on your shoulders. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. God is an inclusive God. His love isn't just for special people. His love isn't just for the religious type, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. We, we, if you open your Bible, you can see exactly how Jesus felt about the religious people. His love is far-reaching. It's inclusive. Where am I? how enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement. Endless. Expect endless love. Lean in. That transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus that his love wants to fill me, not just um, tease me. God's not a tease. No, God's the real deal. And he wants to fill me with the fullness of his love, his joy, his peace, his health, his strength, all of it. But I got to say no to this world. I got to say no to my own thinking and what I want to get right. And I got to say yes to Jesus in everything Dare to receive it and welcome it and knowing it's his power. He's called me to live a life of power and by faith, I can have it. By leaning on him and trusting in him, filled to overflowing. Then he says, we got to pay attention. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you. He wants to work in you and his power is mighty. Never doubt it. What is he saying? Always expect it. Always expect that my mighty power can work in you and accomplish all of this. All of this that we just read. (laughs) Never doubt that God's power in you can accomplish all of that. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. I'm telling you, it just gets gooder. It's like, what? How, what did I do? What did I do to earn this? How, How did I get so lucky? God doesn't call me lucky. He calls me blessed. He calls you blessed. He calls you his favored ones. Never doubt it that he will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. When you dream with God, oh, the dreams that you once had, they just feel pathetic compared to what God wants to do in you and through you And I only want to dream with him. 
I want him to show me what my wildest expectation should be. All right, Lord, you tell me what request I should make. I want my expectation to be really high. I don't want to be missing out on anything because I trust that your power works in me and that you're going to show me as I walk in your word, as I believe who you are, as I believe that Jesus died for me and I'm a child of God and I walk in the goodness and the protection and goodness and mercy chase me down. They're always running after me. You think they'd be tired, but I guess not. (laughs) right? (laughs) I want to be running so fast. I'll be like, keep up (laughs) running so fast in the things of God, you know, and goodness and mercy are always there. It says he will outdo them all. He will outdo every expectation, every request, every imagination. Why? Because he loves you. Why? Because he made a way for you to come to him boldly through Jesus For his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Who needs some energy today? (laughs) Someone said to me the other day, well, we're all tired, aren't we? I said, speak for yourself. (laughs) I am not tired. God didn't call me to be tired. I don't need to live this life sick and tired. His power can constantly energize me if I constantly use my faith, if I continue in him, if I walk with him, as Colossians says, you found him, now continue with him. Walk with him. Don't make him your fire escape. Great, you're going to heaven. But he would like to bring heaven to earth for you. He would like to show you his love and reveal to you his purpose. We've got more people to reach with the love of God. And the only way we're going to do it is if we wake up to the power inside of us and we set our expectations so high in God. Amen? Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise. Right? Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity because God's not done yet. Don't just say God is good. Let him show you how good he is. Use your faith and trust in his goodness. Let him show you he is faithful. Stick with him. Stick with his word. Fill yourself with his word. Let it be the most important thing you hear, see, speak in the day. I only want to speak the name of Jesus. If it was the only word I could speak the rest of my life, it's the only word I'd ever need. And, and clinging to him and knowing this is who I am and you make that decision and you walk out that life of power. It's what you're called to. Let him be that counselor. Let his spirit lead you and teach you and all you got to do is call on him. You don't need to call me. You don't need to call any other speaker you see on this stage or that you listen to on a podcast because the same God that I serve is the same God that you serve. The same word that I read is the same word that you read. The same word that Pastor Leon read and so beautifully infused his revelations into us. It's the same God for you. It's the same one that you can know so deeply and intimately. And I pray that as you leave today, you will leave with a greater expectation. Amen? Let's bow our heads. God, we thank you. We praise you in this place. God, you are good. We thank you, Lord, 
that we will not be quiet, that we will shout your word, that we will declare your, your works to every generation, Lord. Lord, that your praise will ever be on our lips, that we will magnify you, that we will set our minds on you, Lord, set our hearts on you, Lord. I pray that each person under the sound of my voice who wants you and seeks you, Lord, that they'd welcome that word, they'd receive what you have for them, God, that we would increase our expectation because you've got big things for this church. You've got big things for each and every one of us to do in our lives and in our communities. And when we gather together, God, we're reminded of just all that you can do. And I pray that this week that our expectation would rise to whole new levels in every detail of our lives, Lord, because you care about the details. With every head bowed and eye closed, if, if you want to start that journey with God today, if you want to believe on him and take that step of faith to see who Jesus is, to let him infuse you with his energy and his love and his power. Well, the word says you just believe on him. You believe it and you confess that I believe Jesus died for me. I want this life that Eden's talking about. I want a journey with these people who seem so crazy about God. <laughs> it's for you. God says it's for everyone, whosoever believes. And so I'd love to lead you in that prayer right now, but I don't know. I'd love to know who I'm praying with. So if you'd raise your hand right now and let me know, Eden, I want to invite God into my life. I want to start. Thank you. I want to start that journey with him. Looking around real quick before we pray. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. He loves you so much. Thank you. Thank you. He wants to lead and guide you into all truth. Thank you. He wants to show you his goodness. All you got to do is receive. <laughs> All you got to do is start that relationship. Awesome. Thank you. See you waving back there. Excited, expecting already. I love it. Amen. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that you sent your son. I believe that Jesus died for me because you love me. I want to follow you every day for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, congratulations to all of you who prayed that prayer.